Hello, I'm R.A. Spratt. I write and perform this podcast. If you'd like to support the show, I'm a children's author, so you can buy a book by me, or you can buy me a coffee by going to buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. It's an easy way to make a small thank you gift to the show so I can keep kicking this can down the road. The podcast directory you're using right now should have a link to my Buy Me A Coffee page in the show notes, or you can type it into your browser. That's buymeacoffee.com slash stories R.A. Spratt. All contributions are gratefully appreciated. Hello and welcome to Bedtime Stories with me, R.A. Spratt. Well, this episode is going to go to air in January 2021, but next month, February, is going to be a really big deal month for Friday Barnes because the long-awaited ninth instalment in the series is going to be published here in Australia. So I know a lot of people are very excited about that. But the other thing that's coming up in February for Friday Barnes is the audiobook of book one, Friday Barnes Girl Detective, back where it all started, will also be released in February. So there's two releases coming out in the world of Friday Barnes. So that's very exciting. And my publisher, to help promote all that, has given me permission to read some chapters from the earlier books on the podcast. So today I am going to be reading a chapter from Friday Barnes No Rules, and it will be chapter 13, The Case of Something in the Stroganoff. Here we go. As Friday and Melanie walked into the dining room half an hour after the dinner service had begun, the dining hall was already full. The room smelled heavenly. The scent of beef, mushrooms and cream served on a bed of rice was divine. Beef stroganoff was the perfect comfort food after a long, cold winter's day being mentally assaulted by the educational intentions of the teaching staff. I'm so hungry, said Friday. I thought I was hungry before, but now that I can actually smell food, I'm starving. I'm hungry too, said Melanie, with a yawn. (sighs) Napping always works up my appetite. They picked up a tray each and joined the back of the queue. I hope Mrs Marigold has made her crusty bread rolls, said Friday. I want to be able to soak up all the sauce. It's awfully quiet today, said Melanie. Friday looked around at the dining hall. Considering that the large room was entirely full of students, it was unusually quiet. Very little conversation was taking place. The food must be so good they're all focusing on eating, said Friday, sliding her tray forward and handing her plate to Mrs Marigold, who dished up a generous portion of rice, then ladled a huge steaming serving of stroganoff on top, the thick gravy pooling on the plate and soaking into the rice. Yum, said Friday. The horrible guttural noise could mean only one thing. Friday turned around to see that Jessica Bastione had been sick all over the floor. I've lost my appetite, said Melanie. I'm going to be sick too, declared Treya Babcock as she leapt to her feet and ran for the bathroom. Now several people started moaning. Peregrine had been sick in a potted plant. This is not good, said Friday. What's happening? asked Mrs Marigold. You'd better call the headmaster, said Friday. It looks like the entire school is coming down with food poisoning. By the time the headmaster arrived, the dining hall was in utter chaos. Friday had taken charge and set up a triage system. Anyone who actually threw up was sent to sickbay, where the school nurse had ample buckets on hand and rehydration formula at the ready. 
Anyone who felt like they were going to throw up was sent to lie on the floor by the windows. The long tables had been dragged to the side of the room and stacked up to make space. The tall sash windows had been thrown open, despite the cold of the night, to let in fresh air and let out the horrible smell. Mr Pilcher was doing sterling work. He whisked the hapless potted plant outside and cleaned up Jessica and Peregrine's mess in quick time. So now the dining hall was simply a room full of students lying on the ground, clutching their stomachs and moaning. What on earth is going on? As he burst in and saw 75% of the student body lying ill on the floor. Everyone's sick, said Friday. I can see that, said the headmaster. Sick with what? It looks like food poisoning, said Friday. How dare you, yelled Mrs Marigold. I'll have you know I use only the finest ingredients. I've been cooking for 40 years and I have never given anyone food poisoning. What about the Indonesian ambassador, asked Melanie. Mrs Marigold went bright red and quivered with fury. That was poison poisoning. There's a difference. She looked like she was about to burst into tears. We've got no time for recrimination, said the headmaster. We need to get to the bottom of this urgently before the students get any sicker. It has to be the beef stroganoff, said Friday. Mrs Marigold gasped. But you said it was sublime when I served it last week. There were definitely tears running down the cook's face now. But look, said Friday, indicating the 20 or so students who were still standing about, still in good health. The vegetarians are all right. All those students are vegetarians, asked the headmaster. I didn't realise we had so many of them. Low-carb, low-protein diets are very fashionable right now, explained Melanie. I'm not a vegetarian, protested Lizzie Abercrombie petulantly. Max and I are lactose intolerant. We can't eat beef stroganoff because of the cream. It makes us fart, said Max. Max, exclaimed Lizzie. It's true, protested Max. One glass of milk and Lizzie sounds like a whoopee cushion. Shut up, Max, yelled Lizzie. Silence, ordered the headmaster. With three quarters of the student body poisoned, now is not the time to indulge in scatological humour. Concluded Max. Well, Melanie and I are fine, said Friday, because we didn't eat anything at all. So it must be the beef stroganoff. I'm glad I had a tin of baked beans in my study, said the headmaster. I knew it, accused Mrs Marigold, wagging her finger at the headmaster. I knew you'd been secretly cooking for yourself. It's not your cooking I'm avoiding, said the headmaster. It's the dinner table conversation with the other teachers. I can never make it to the dessert course without one of them asking for a raise. So what was in your stroganoff, asked Friday. Beef, obviously, said Mrs Marigold. Sour cream. How sour, asked the headmaster. It's not regular cream gone sour, said Mrs Marigold. It's sour cream from the supermarket. I bought it this morning. Its use by date isn't for another month. What else is in the dinner, asked Friday. What just mushrooms, said Mrs Marigold. Mushrooms, said Friday, her ears pricking up. Where did you get the mushrooms from? Well, I use a variety, said Mrs Marigold. I get regular mushrooms from the supermarket, shiitake mushrooms from the greengrocer, and Mr Pilcher picks some mushrooms for me down in the forest. They all swivelled round to look at Mr Pilcher. He was dutifully mopping the floor with disinfectant. Friday was fond of Mr Pilcher. He'd been very grateful to her for catching the student who hit him over the back of the head with a shovel just the previous term. And she was very grateful that he let her borrow gardening tools without asking too many questions. Friday knew the line of questioning she was about to engage in was sure to stretch their friendship. Mr Pilcher, Friday began politely, Mrs Marigold says you picked some mushrooms for her down in the forest. Yes, that's right, said Mr Pilcher. With the rain yesterday, there was a good big crop of them. Do you remember what sort of tree you found them under, asked Friday. I don't know, said Mr Pilcher. An oak tree, I suppose. There was a clump of oak trees in that part of the forest. Oh dear, said Friday. What, demanded the headmaster. What is it? 
Friday held up her hand to silence him for a moment. Mr. Pilcher, what colour were the mushrooms? asked Friday. Well, white mainly, said Mr. Pilcher. Plain white? asked Friday. Well, you know how mushrooms are in the wild. Off white, I'd say, said Mr. Pilcher. Excuse me, said Lizzie Abercrombie as she approached the group. What is it, girl? asked the headmaster. It's just, I saw Mr. Pilcher picking the mushrooms under the oak tree, said Lizzie. If the colour is important, I distinctly saw that they had a green tinge. Mr. McLean, the geography teacher, pushed his way through the crowd. This is serious, said Mr. McLean. Someone call an ambulance. Call a fleet of ambulances. What's going on? demanded the headmaster. A white mushroom? With a green tinge that grows under an oak tree, said Mr. McLean, is the death cap. Everyone who was well enough to be paying attention gasped. <gasps> the death cap, continued Mr. McLean, is the most dangerous fungus in the world. If these students have all eaten death cap mushrooms, they're going to die. Good heaven, said the headmaster. Wait, said Friday. There's no time to wait, said Mr. McLean. We've got to get the students to hospital. They need to have their stomachs pumped. They need to be on IVs. They need to be on the waiting list for liver transplants. This is deadly serious. No, said Friday. What do you mean, no, said the headmaster. Three quarters of the student body has been poisoned. It doesn't get more serious than that. This will be the end of Highcrest. It'll be the end of me. No one has been poisoned, said Friday. Well, obviously, everyone has been poisoned, but not by death cap mushrooms. How can you possibly know that, asked the headmaster. You like to make out you know everything, Barnes, said Mr McLean, but in this instance, I know more. My master's degree is in forest fungi. I recognise the description of a death cap when I hear one. How does a degree in fungus qualify Mr McLean to be a geography teacher, asked Melanie. Well, fungi live in forests. Forests are an ecosystem. Ecosystems are something you study in geography, said Friday. Talk about six degrees of separation, said Melanie. These children are dying of mushroom poisoning, wailed Mr McLean. This will be the end of Highcrest Academy. These students can't have eaten a death cap, said Friday, because they are too sick. What? asked the headmaster. If you eat a death cap mushroom, said Friday, it takes two to three hours for symptoms of nausea to occur. These students started throwing up after 20 minutes. Maybe it's a new strain of death cap, said Mr McLean, one with even stronger poison. Or maybe it's something else entirely, said Friday. Mrs Marigold, I'd like to inspect the scene of the crime. What? said Mrs Marigold. I haven't committed a crime. You haven't, said Friday, but someone has. Friday made her way into the kitchen. On the stove was a huge pot. It was three quarters empty, but at the bottom sat three inches of bubbling hot beef stroganoff. Mr McLean covered his face with his tie. Don't go near it, said Mr McLean. The fumes could be deadly. Headmaster, you need to call in a hazmat team. Friday ignored Mr McLean. She picked up a wooden spoon and tentatively gave the beef mixture a stir. There's a lot of stew left over, observed Friday. I was going to use the leftovers to make pie for the weekend, said Mrs Marigold. Ooh, I like pie, said Melanie. Everyone likes pie, said Mrs Marigold, breaking down into tears. It's because my pastry is so light and fluffy. She degenerated into racking sobs, pulling up the hem of her apron to dab the corners of her eyes. Friday carefully stirred the stew in small circles. What are you doing, asked the headmaster. Searching, said Friday. For mushrooms, asked the headmaster. No, said Friday. Her spoon knocked something solid against the side of the pot. Aha. What is it? asked Melanie. Let's see, said Friday. She carefully scooped out a small glass jar. It was covered in brown, creamy sauce. Friday used the spoon to carry it over to the sink, turned on the tap and rinsed the sauce away. 
just as I suspected. What? asked the headmaster. Friday picked up the bottle in her hand. Ipecac syrup, said Friday. It's considered old-fashioned now, but Ipecac syrup is actually a treatment for poisoning. If you take it, it makes you throw up. Doctors used to use it to get poison out of a patient's stomach. So it's harmless, said the headmaster. No, it will make you throw up, said Friday. But that's all. It won't cause liver failure, kidney failure, and cardiac arrest like a death cap would. But who would put a bottle of Ipecac in my beef stroganoff, said Mrs Marigold. She was pulling herself together now, thanks to the recuperative power of anger. More importantly, said Friday, who would want to make it look like the whole school had been poisoned by deadly mushrooms? It's the type of thing Ian might do, said Melanie. What? exploded the headmaster. That boy's been expelled. He's at some state school two hours drive away. He slumped down on a chair. Oh, no, you don't think he's masterminded the whole thing from a distance, do you? He's probably trying to destabilise the school so it'll be closed down as an act of revenge. That's just what I need, a vengeful ex-student causing chaos. No, of course not, said Friday. I'm sure Ian is playing elaborate pranks on his own school now. There's bound to be someone else with a motive to cause mayhem here. The vegetarians, said Melanie. They don't have enough energy to cause trouble, said Mrs Marigold. They don't get enough protein. The human body was not designed to be fueled by chickpeas. But they're the only ones who weren't endangered by the Ipecac syrup, said Friday. And if they're iron deficient, they might not be thinking clearly, added Melanie. Just stop it, said the headmaster. The last thing we need, in addition to three quarters of the students wanting to vomit, is wild and reckless speculation. Everyone healthy is to return to their dorm rooms immediately and quarantine themselves until breakfast time. I'll call in a doctor, actually two or three doctors, to come and monitor the sick students during the night. Friday, Melanie and all the vegetarians were told to go back to their dorm rooms while the sick students were cared for. The whole thing is very odd, said Melanie. The mass poisoning, asked Friday. Yes, said Melanie. It seems like such an enormous amount of effort. If you hate the school that much, why not just stay home? Perhaps whoever did it has parents who won't let them stay home, said Friday. Or their parents are overseas, so they have no home to go to. Like you, observed Melanie. I didn't do it, said Friday. If you say so, said Melanie. I didn't do it, restated Friday. That's all right, said Melanie. It doesn't bother me either way. If you had poisoned the whole school, I'm sure you'd only do it for the best possible reasons. Underneath your ugly cardigan and eccentric green hat, you're an extremely good person. I think I should say thank you, said Friday, because beneath all those insults was some sort of compliment. That's what best friends are for, said Melanie. The end. Thank you for listening to support this podcast. Just buy a book by me, R.A. Spratt. There are plenty to choose from from across the Nanny Piggins, Pesky Kids and Friday Barnes series. And of course, next month, the new Friday Barnes book, Friday Barnes 9, No Escape, as well as Friday Barnes 1, the audiobook and The Adventures of Nanny Piggins, the audiobook. You can order all these things through your local bookstore or go to my website, raspratt.com, and click on the book depository banner. They have all my titles and free international shipping. So until next time, goodbye.